Hey, it's Leah, and welcome to the Homeschooling for the Rest of Us podcast. Oh my goodness, today is the day. Welcome to episode one, season one of the Homeschooling for the Rest of Us podcast. And I decided that today was the day. I'm a little under the weather. I have had life against me lately, but I decided this morning enough procrastinating. This is getting done. And this has been a dream of my heart for the last year. And today was the day. So I want to welcome you. If we have not met before, I'm assuming really all of my family and close friends will be the ones listening to this first episode. But if by some random chance you have come across this podcast, my name is Leah and I am a homeschooling mom to three kids. I've got Lincoln, who is 10. Kennedy is seven and Reagan is five. I've been married to my husband, Cody, for 18 years. I always forget the number. We got married at 19. It's been a long time. And we live on a micro farm in Texas. And my grandparents live on property with us. We have two llamas, I think 114 chickens right now, maybe Um, four dogs, three dogs, three and a partridge in a pear tree. It's very full and a lot of cats, a lot of cats, but we love it and it's a full life. And so um, I wanted to kick off our podcast with my story and how my family got into homeschooling because it was not intentional. I was not one of those moms and God bless you if you are, but I was not one of those moms that from the moment I was pregnant, I knew I'm going to homeschool my children and we're going to be barefoot in the dirt outside. And I was not that mom. I was very career focused, um, still am very career focused and, um, you know, just didn't ever, I, I just assumed when my kids got to kindergarten, they would go to school, either private or public. We live in Texas. So Texas has a good reputation for public schools. And so that was kind of my, my thought process. So when my son was four years old, he started reading. And when I say reading, it wasn't like the cat sat, he was reading magic treehouse books. He was reading, um, just, you know, A to Z mysteries, like these more advanced books that you might see a first or second grader reading. He was reading at four years old. And um, people will ask me, like, what do you attribute that to? I really think it's because we read to him all the time. Like, I have pictures of Lincoln when he was six weeks old, and I was reading a book to him. I know that sounds so silly, but I was that mom that, you know, read all the baby books, and it said, read aloud to your kids. But I really do believe in the power of reading aloud to your kids. So we had just created this environment for him um, where there was this love of, of reading and love of learning. And so he was reading at four and the way that his birthday fell, he's born in September. And so, you know, that for the school system, there was like that cutoff date. And so it was like a week, I think. And he would have had to start kindergarten when he was six versus five. And so I went to the school. I explained the situation. I said, listen, he already has his letters down, his letter sounds, he's reading. I'm just really hesitant to have him wait a year because he'll be bored when he comes into kindergarten. Would you please make an exception? And they told me no. I said, would you test him? Would you meet him? And they said, no. (laughs) And so then I went to the local private school and they told me the same thing. They wouldn't even meet him. It was really discouraging. Um, And so I went home and I just, I knew like, I I have to do something. If he goes into kindergarten at six, he's going to be super bored, which is going to lead him to acting out in class and 
I just knew what direction that was going to head in. And so I had found a loophole and the loophole was that I could homeschool him for a year. So I could homeschool him for a year and then I could physically put him into first grade. And so that was my plan. I could do that. I could homeschool for a year. Um, and so a couple of things happened. One is uh, there happened to be a homeschool convention. A lot of you have probably been to it, the great homeschool convention. It was going to be in Fort Worth like that next weekend. And so I decided I will go to this homeschool convention. So I was pregnant with my daughter at the time. I have a really hilarious picture of me stuffing a hot dog down my face at the convention center, emotionally eating my way through this homeschool convention. When I went, I expected to see like a table with what I was supposed to do. I I didn't expect to be as overwhelmed as I was because there were so many choices. And so I went from being like, yeah, I can do this for a year to, oh my goodness, what have I done? What have I done? And I'm going to break my child. (laughs) I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but I really was like, I'm going to break my child. And so I had great supportive um, homeschool friends at the time that were like, no, 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 just kind of look at the things, don't make any decisions. And so I got home a little bit discouraged, but still knowing that we had to go this path. It was only going to be for a year, only for a year. And so I ended up buying a box curriculum. So if you're new to homeschool, a box curriculum is kind of like a turnkey. It's literally where they have a teacher manual that tells you what you do each day. It's got the books, it's got the things, and you just pay for it, order it, and it shows up. So it showed up and it was fun. We did little crafts. It was kindergarten. I mean, you can't really go wrong with kindergarten. So we did that. Well, I expected him to learn what he needed to learn, but what I didn't expect was the growth that took place in me. And all of a sudden, this desire to really be enrolled in my child's education. There's something really magical about seeing your kids hit milestones. Like Um, seeing them be able to read for the first time or something that's been challenging for them. You know, our daughter is left-handed, our youngest. And so um, a lot of left-handed children, they'll get their letters backwards and they'll write words backwards. And sometimes it can be confused with dyslexia. And um, I remember just watching her struggle and we would work and work and work. And then the day that she read that first sentence, it It makes me kind of choke up thinking about it because it was so powerful for both her and for me because we got to experience that together. Where if she was in a traditional school setting, I don't know that I would have that with her if I would have that experience. So anyway, we were homeschooling for this year and we were learning in a different way too. You know, he had been to a Mother's Day out preschool program before that was like two days a week and he would come home with his cute little crafts and all that stuff. Um, But this was different. This was me sitting with him and there was a love of learning that was taking place between the two of us and there were sparks and it was magical. And I saw my husband getting involved and it just added this whole new dynamic to our family. And I started really looking at the world with a different set of lens of, you know, we're going to the pumpkin patch today, but what can we learn there and how can we incorporate this into our homeschool? And um, how can we plan ahead of time so that, there, you know, there's things in our lessons that we can um, correlate to where we're going. And so all of a sudden, instead of just, you know, we learn from eight in the morning until 1 p.m., it was now our life was learning. And I really realized that I wanted my children to have that lifelong love of learning and curiosity um, because I really felt that that would serve them as as adults. So. Um, moving forward, we, 
you know, we're doing this curriculum and the year's almost up. And a couple other things happened in this process. One of my neighbors, um, her daughter was, was in kindergarten and she had told me that they had actually just had to pay an $800 truancy fine. And what had happened is that her daughter had the flu. It was like a bad flu. So she was out for like four or five days. It was really bad. And then they had had a seven day Disney trip planned for their family. So because she was at like 11 days or whatever, she got reported to truancy. This is for kindergarten. And um, she had to go to court and the judge fined her as an $800 fine. And I remember hearing that and just something really clicking in me that, that there's something truly wrong with the system. Now, one thing I'll tell you is this podcast will never bash public school. I will never bash anyone who sends their kids to traditional school or private school, or I think it's such an individual choice. And I'm so thankful that we live in a country that gives us those options. You know, um, France just outlawed homeschooling. You can't homeschool in France. So I am so grateful that we get to choose how we educate our kids in America. But in that moment, I just, I can still remember where I was sitting in my kitchen when she told me. And I just remember thinking, I will not be a part of that because I really believe in the foundation of family. And so here her daughter had the flu and then they had a family trip, a seven day trip that was going to build their family relationship, build their family unit. Her husband was going to be there. The dad was going to, you know, be present, like all these things that represent family. And yet the school was there to say, no, that's not okay. That's not okay because she needs to have her butt in a chair and be learning you know, ABCs instead of that. And that really didn't sit well with me. And so that's one of the things that I loved about homeschooling is that I could slow down or I could speed up or we could go do this or we could do that. And there was complete freedom in what that schedule looked like and how it worked around our family unit. And so instead of school being the foundation in our home, it is family first. It is our relationship with God. It is the family unit and our relationships with one another. You know, for me at the end of the day, my kids, they're going to learn all the things, right? They're going to learn science. They're going to learn math. But I really had to shift my way of thinking. Um, You know, our world is changing. We know that. We know the past two to three years have been an insane amount of change and it's fast. And I mean, a lot of parents who are concerned about what the future looks like for our children. And so I have found my questions a little bit different in my homeschool. So instead of asking, you know, what math level are they on, which is important, but it's more so to me, what kind of humans am I raising? You know, I'm raising someone's husband. I'm raising someone's wife. What is the content of their character? What are we focusing on character? And so I think for me, homeschooling really gave me a lot more time and freedom to put an emphasis on who they are and their identity in Christ, not in a textbook, not in a grade, not in some, um, you know, you're going to have this stuff memorized by this date. And I just really started to deconstruct how I saw school. And so we'll talk about this in another episode, but I think a big part of homeschooling is that you have to deconstruct what you think you know about school. You just have to. It's like this dismantling of everything that you know to be true. Like I remember sitting down with Lincoln with the box curriculum And we were done in 45 minutes. And I was like, well, we did something wrong. Clearly, you know, I had had taken, we had like this loft in our house and I had turned it into like a legitimate schoolroom, which I highly recommend not doing. It's like a rookie, rookie move. 
But I had turned it into the schoolroom and we were done in like 45 minutes. And I'm furiously looking over the checklist. I'm like, yeah, we're done. And you know, that's when I realized we don't have all the fluff. There's not the transition time. We're not taking a roll call. There's not 30 other kids that have to master a concept before you move on to the next concept. So homeschooling also really helped us reclaim a lot of time. Um, you know, people will often say to me, oh, I just, I don't have the time to do homeschooling. It's like, no, no, no. I have reclaimed a lot of time. So what I love about our homeschool is that, you know, we're done every day by 11 or 12. Everyone's done by 11 or 12. We get a very early start. We start right at seven. We're done by 11 or 12. And then the rest of the day, my kids are pursuing their passions. My son is really good at piano because he is able to spend two to three hours a day practicing piano. My daughter's getting really good at Legos and building, and now she's into reading the American Girl books. So she's flying through those books. And I think about the traditional schedule, right? If they were in school, they'd be done at, what time is it? 3, 3.30, then they get picked up, then you got to rush, then there's sports and you've got dinner. And a lot of families aren't even settling into their home until 7 p.m. at night. And so I found that with homeschooling, I got to reclaim a lot of time with my children and with my family. Now, with that being said, I would be lying to you if there were not days where I look at those sweet faces and I'm like, I wish that you were somewhere for seven hours today because mom needs a break. And so I want you to know that that's normal. I know that, you know, when we go on Pinterest or Instagram, you see these beautiful homeschool layouts that they have on, you know, someone's table and there's like dried orange slices and a hymn book. And, and I'm sure that that's great. And it's, it works for a lot of people, but I also want you to know that the majority of us, there's days that we're running around like a chicken with their head cut off or we're stressed. And I think it's called being human. Um, but I think I look at, at what outweighs all that and what outweighs all that is who my kids are becoming and who I'm becoming. I've grown a lot as a mother and as a wife and as a Christian, um, because of our homeschooling. And again, it's really allowed me to slow down with my kids and, really get in tune to what their gifts are, not what a school system is saying that they should be into right now. So a couple of examples I'll give you. Um, my son loves rabbit holes and my daughter too. We call it rabbit holes. And so they will get obsessed about something. So right now the current obsession is Elvis Presley <laughs> and um, of all the things, Elvis Presley and um, the Titanic. Okay. So if I'm in a traditional school setting, they're going to tell me, you know, we'll, we'll cover a chapter on that, or we'll, you know, here's a book, read it in homeschool. We literally can turn it into a year long study if we want to. So a few years ago it was rocks. So we did, we meant to do a geology unit for six months. It turned into a three and a half year geology excursion. I know. So I'm probably a geologist, to be honest, <laughs> I could give myself a degree. I know a lot. And my kids know a lot um, because we decided to dive down that rabbit hole. So I like that you get to live without limits. You know, you get to live your life without limits. It's not this limitation of, okay, we'll be done by this month. It's for however long you want it to be. So I don't know how long we're going to be on Elvis. And so my point being, I take something like Elvis and I ask myself, how can I incorporate history with this? So what was going on in the world around the time of Elvis? Um, how can I incorporate life skills? Let's make some of Elvis's favorite recipes. Let's plan a trip to Graceland and let's figure out how to budget for a trip and let's save money as a family for this trip. Um, you know, musical appreciation, what awards did, did he win? Why was it significant? Why was he well-known? Why was he loved? Um, 
you know, and then with the Titanic, we're doing this whole unit study on the controversy and and we're incorporating critical thinking into that and who, who was responsible for the Titanic thinking and, you know, what was going on at that time in the world. And so there's so much, we're doing Morse code right now. You know, there's so much that you can weave in and yet still follow your kids' passions. So today it's Elvis and the Titanic next year. <laughs> With my kids, nothing surprises me anymore. So we love doing that. We call rabbit, we call it rabbit, rabbit trail learning. So um there's another book I want to recommend to you that I had read during this time when I had gotten started. Um, it's called Dumbing Us Down by John Gatto. And um he actually won an award for teacher of the year, like two years in a row. And then he quit teaching um, because he felt like the system was failing everybody. And he said, you know, we're using a system that was set up for the 1950s and it's not relevant for today. And, um, and his concern was that the school system was dumbing our children down. And if you look at other countries like China, like there was actually, my husband was showing me a video the other day and they were interviewing Chinese kids and asking them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was, you know, astronaut and um, scientists and American kids were influencer, TikTok star. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have to stop and think like, you know, what do we really want for our children? And um, homeschooling to me is not a sacrifice. It's a choice. It's a choice that I get to make and that you can make. And it doesn't matter if you work a full-time job or you're a homemaker, um, you can do this. I have friends and including myself that work full time and we're able to structure our homeschool around that. I have friends that are single moms that structure their homeschool around it. So there's always a way, and we'll go over some of that in, in future episodes. So, you know, what I would add also is that there's been so many benefits for our family. Um, I would say number one, definitely the closeness and the bond. Um, my children are learning to play well together. They of course fight like siblings do, right? All siblings fight, but, um, there's this closeness. There's, I think for me, a lot more accountability as a mom, um, because I am their educator and their mom. And ultimately the responsibility does fall on their dad. And I, um, we're responsible for raising them. God has entrusted them in our care. And so I feel like I take that more seriously than maybe I did before. Um, I think also the travel, that's another th- favorite thing that I have too, is that when you homeschool, um, you're not limited to certain breaks. So we actually avoid like regular breaks. So like people might go during the summer on vacations, we avoid that. <laughs> we'll go in January. So like we're actually taking a trip this month um, to Nashville, to Memphis, and um, we're going in the middle of January when everyone else is in school. Um, and we'll do that. We do that all the time with different things. We'll go to movies at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday and we love it. So that would be another benefit. Um, I also think that I've seen the teamwork in our family increase. So just, you know, having my grandparents live with us, there's extra things we have to get done. And so I see everyone really working well together um, and we're doing life together. So, you know, think about that thought. Like if you, if your kids are going away for seven to eight hours a day, what, what are they missing seeing you do? And I remember, um, talking to my friends. So my grandma has at the time of that, I'm recording this, she, um, has stage four terminal cancer. And I remember talking to my friend and saying to her, I'm really having a hard time, you know, how this is going to affect my kids. Cause they've never dealt with death before. Um, you know, if they see her in pain and, and so she had said, 
you know, it might be one of the most beautiful experiences of their life. And so, and also to see how you respond, you know, we can tell our children things all day long, but when they're seeing us in action and seeing how we live our lives and seeing how we respond to things, I think that's where the lessons are learned. And so I'm really looking at this season, um, as an honor that we get to walk this journey with my grandmother and that my kids will be through this process. And we're having really good conversations that aren't rushed. Um, and we're being in tune, you know, there's been a couple of days that we've had to just scrap homeschooling because nanny wasn't doing well and we needed to be with her. And so I love that they're seeing us prioritize our family and our faith over everything else. And so I would say that would be definitely another benefit. Um, another benefit too, is that I get to create the box for my kids. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you're in a traditional school setting, this is the math book you're going to use. This is the history curriculum we're going to use this week. We're going to focus on this. So people will ask me, you know, what grade are your kids in? And I can never answer them because they're like mixed grades. Like one of them is in, um, about to finish sixth grade math, but they're on, um, seventh grade language arts. And then, you know, Kennedy, what is she on? She's on third grade math, but she's on second grade language arts. Reagan is on kindergarten language, no kindergarten. Yes. Language arts. And then first grade math. I had to think about that, but, and then we homeschool together history. We do that family style. So I like that, that I get to meet them where they're at. If I need to slow down, you know, I remember with Reagan because she had the left-hand a uh, little struggle there for a little bit. We had to slow down her language arts. You know, if she was in a traditional setting, I would get a note home saying, you know, Reagan needs to have this mastered. She needs to have this done. And so I love that it removes the pressure. And so it makes learning fun. And so I got to meet her where she was at until she was ready. And I think that that's really a powerful opportunity that we discount a lot in homeschool. Um, and that goes both ways. I mean, some of you have kids that are super proficient in computers. And so allowing them to spend two to three hours a day learning how to code. I mean, imagine how that will serve them in their future. We homeschool our kids year round to have them on track to finish at 15. I'll talk about this in another episode. This isn't um, me trying to be an overachiever. This is me wanting to remove pressure off of them. So what I mean by that is I remember turning seven, I was 17 when I graduated high school. And I remember that fall, there was all this pressure. So at that time I'm 16 and all this pressure to apply to colleges and make a decision about what you want to do. And I remember not knowing what at all, what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And so, um, I don't want my kids to have that same pressure. So my thought is if they're done at 15 by homeschooling year round, then they have three years to discover what they're passionate about. Maybe that means interning somewhere. Maybe it means, you know, having a full-time job or traveling or taking some college classes here and there. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I wanted them to have time. I wanted them to have time and not feel the pressure. Um, so also I, I would say that creating the box for my kids, not trying to fit them into the box that society says that they have to be at has been a really beautiful and a really powerful thing. So that leads me to why this podcast, <laughs> why this podcast, you know, when the pandemic first hit, I was inundated with phone calls. I was on the phone for hours with friends that all of a sudden found themselves as accidental homeschoolers. 
And now in 2023, you know, we have people that are wanting to have a different choice for their children. And so I wanted this podcast to be a resource. Um, and I also wanted to be, be, have it be a place that where I'm vulnerable and transparent because I'm in this journey with you. This will never be me talking at you. This will be me learning alongside with you. I want to invite you to ask questions. If you have a question or you want a topic covered, please email me at homeschooldifferent at gmail.com, homeschooldifferent at gmail.com. And also make sure to join our Facebook community. Just search for the homeschool edit on Facebook. You guys, this was a great first episode. So thanks for joining me. And um, we'll see you next week with our first guest speaker. All right, you guys, talk to you soon.